Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. Everybody's here. We're all here. We're all talking football, which is probably good with the football podcast. We've got games to review, games to preview, and everything football in between. Before we start, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop reviews. Apparently, reviews are very good for podcasts. Even if you just click the five star and then run away into the night, it does help the podcast and it means a lot to us. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Ah, yes. That infamous sound, ladies and gentlemen. It can only mean one thing, or one of three, possibly four things, as it uh, as it pertains to this particular channel. So, welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, your latest instalment of football, football-based nonsense from the Cookie Cast Podcast Network. Uh, of course, I don't do this alone. I do it with the help of three stellar gentlemen. One of which is the leader of the Cookie Cast Podcast Network, Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you today, sir? Oh, absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Making a triumphant return after a week away is Nottingham Forest fan, Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? And I think it's the polar opposite of a triumphant return. It's a... ah. <laughs> well, don't, don't give away the farm just yet. A disappointing drag back. I'm, I'm delighted. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> it's a, a misplaced Cruyff turn. Yeah, terrible. And rounding out the troop, it is our resident Hull correspondent. And, uh, I've obviously had to downgrade him from the east of Yorkshire, uh, the east riding correspondent, as he failed to give us anything about North Ferriby last week. It is Mr. Stuart Woodbansey. How are you, sir? I mean, still recovering from the disappointment of uh, being demoted, clearly. I mean, listen, mate, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing if not fair. And if, if at some point you can drop some some fantastic, I don't know, ghoul FC, <laughs> <laughs> something like that, you might... You might I'm, I'm never... I'm never going to start covering Ferriby when their thing is up the villagers, which just sounds like a terrible phrase. <laughs> and on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen, we'll, uh, we'll start this week's podcast. So, we left it off last week with uh, week 28, with just league fixtures for each of our teams. And we start in the Premier League, as we always do, with West Ham United versus Nottingham Forest. And... Um, Probably the less said about this, the better. Imagine, Mr. Moore. Yeah, it's the usual kind of thing of, are your team struggling? Are they, have they not scored goals in ages? Send our teams to go and sort that out for you. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of one of those things where when you listen to the reports from West Ham games and the reports generally from Forest away games, home games as well, it was kind of one of those, it was coming kind of thing like it was it was one of those ones where you know I think it was you know I know I know Cooper's like oh I'm not going to make excuses for the injuries uh, I'm not going to make excuses for this that and the other but 
I think you need experienced players and you need a good defence away from home. Sometimes you can get away with it at home. Um, but away from home, it just gets punished. And I think it, I think the worrying thing is, and we'll get into it into a minute, into it in a minute, is that it's it's rem- very reminiscent of that kind of poor run September time, where it was like, oh, we've conceded a goal, oh, here's three more for everybody to enjoy as well, kind of thing. So it kind of goes from that, you know, lose one nil. I could have, I, I wasn't happy to lose one nil, but lose one nil and come away with not absolutely destroying your goal difference again. Um, yeah. uh, but as opposed to kind of what happened, and I think this is the problem is that, uh, you know, kind of, by the sound of it, Cooper went chasing the game at 2-0, and that just left them completely wide open. And I think, unfortunately, you know, we've kind of joked about you know, it's a continual joke about how many players Forrest have signed, and you see why they've signed so many players now, and they still look short because, unfortunately, Nico Williams doesn't seem good enough. Would be my kind of thing. I think by the sound of like what happened from the game, I'd, um, he was a weak link down the left for for West Ham. I, um, I don't know. Is it is it just? Is, is he has he been sort of like taught in the Liverpool mantra of fullbacks need to be attacking, but don't focus on defence too much? Liverpool right backs can't defend for shit. Is the uh, is the is the standard? <laughs> and proceed to get worse at defending, not better at defending. You know, as in it's your job. It's like turning up to your job and progressively getting worse at your job until the day you leave as opposed to getting better at your job, which is the kind of idea that it's meant to be. Um, but yeah, so I've kind of waffled on and whinged on and kind of thinking, but yeah, uh, two goals from Danny Ings. It's one of those annoying things where you think, that was a really good signing in January and Forrest went and got Chris Wood from Newcastle that became permanent after he played three times. I mean, you know, when people are like, you know, oh, oh, let's put a clause in the contract to see how long it takes to become uh, uh, permanent. It's like, you know, like we kind of joked about. It's like, oh, did he walk through the door? Oh, he did. Well done. Congratulations. You, you kind of think you, you've managed to put on your shirt the right way around, permanent contract kind of thing. It's there. So, yeah. So, Danny Ng scored two, which is a real shrewd buy and, and probably a buy that if they do stay up, it's probably relying on him staying fit. Uh, Declan Rice scored a goal and old boy roll uh, Mikel Antonio got the fourth and final goal so 4-0 loss second trip to London in the past couple of weeks and the second time we've come away with nothing not ideal not ideal one thing I did notice from the um, the coverage that was on match of the day was for the for the first time possibly ever, the the stadium was raucous. Like it was proper sort of like loud. The support and stuff like that for the for West Ham and stuff like that. I don't think I've ever heard noise like that. It's like a continuous. So obviously they were the first team to play at Forest in the like as for, after Forest came back up to the Premiership and there was like a lot of oh god the City ground was loud. So I don't know whether that antagonised them. There's been a yeah. lot of shit talking, be- spoken between 
West Ham fans and Forest fans over the past few months or so. So I don't know whether that has anything to do with it or whether they were just getting behind their manager, which they probably need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, predictions-wise, um, Andy, you'll be shocked to hear, was the most optimistic in the crowd and they've gone for a 1-0 Forest win. No points there. Uh, I had gone for a 1-1 draw with Scarpa to score for Forest and Antonio to score for West Ham. So no points for the result, but I do get a point for the goal scorer. Both Stu and Matt had gone for 1-0 wins. Stu had gone for Bowen to score the goal, so just gets the point for the result. Matt had gone for 1-0 Antonio, so gets himself two points for that one. So Andy had to score. Myself and Stu on one point. Matt takes an early lead with two points. Our second away game of the week takes us down to the championship and over to technically Mr. Cook's old stomping grounds of Bristol, obviously, where Bristol City took on Hull City. Um, this one didn't really sort of come to life until about the 70th minute, did it, Mr. Woodward? Uh, not if you're um, a television or radio executive that seemingly would just like to spend the entire afternoon rimming all of Bristol City. Um, so, according to the TV and the radio, Hull did nothing in this game at all. Um, in fact, the ITV highlights that were shown on the uh, EFL uh, programme had zero Hull City possession. Um, which was not a lot of fun. However, um, if you have a little look at the statistics, Hull had 51% possession to Bristol's 49. Bristol had 10 shots. Hull had 11. I mean, three of theirs were on target to Hull's one, so I'll give them that. But it wasn't like the game was completely Bristol's, but yet, seemingly, that's what people were led to believe. Um but yeah, nothing nothing really much happened in the danger area for either side until, as Paul alluded to, the 70th minute where Cyrus Christie had the ball smashed at him from about two yards away and his natural reaction was to move his arm up from his side um, and it just happened to high five the ball on its way past. It it was a little bit harsh because it was very close, and had he kept his hand down, it wouldn't have happened. Um, but it, it it's one of the, if it, if it gets given for your team, you're probably quite happy about it. But unfortunately, it did go against, and Naki Wells stepped up to score the penalty, which decided the game ultimately. Well, I did notice on the uh, on the which I, I'd agree with that the uh, the penalty decision was potentially harsh, but the fact that he had his arm out where he did basically sort of made the, the referee's mind up for him. I feel. I think when when you saw it like front on, it like it came to him very quickly, and it looked like he was trying to draw his hand up to like his stomach, but then as soon as the, you seen it from the side angle, he, he can't. Like you say, the, the ref, um, you know, it, it would have much choice, really. I don't think he's, he spends, he'll, he'll have spent all the time writing the report defending that if he didn't give it, whereas he's probably spent all the time writing why, why he has given it the other way. It, it's, 
sort of six of one and afters of another. But if we're going to take a positive from it, I think I mentioned last week that um, Amon Traore was uh, back in training full time um, and he played um, in the reserves and the under-21s games. We actually made it on for the last 15 minutes or so, including injury time. So he's he's, he's back in contention now for the first time since signing for us last summer. Uh, so fingers crossed he gets a bit of a, a run at it and see if we can effectively get the player that we signed last, last summer now. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, right then, so with this one, prediction-wise... You'll be shocked to hear that Andy was the most optimistic on this one and gone for a one 0 away win. Sadly, no points there. Um, both myself and Mr. Moore had gone for one-one draws. Um, I had Memetti and Iboue to score. Matt had Estepinian to score for Paul and Wells to score for Rizzi. So bags himself a point there. Mr. Woodbury though, obviously had his Nostradamus hat on for the week. Had gone for a 1 0 Bristol City win. Didn't get the goal scorer though, he did ask Scott. So just gave himself two points. So, after two games, Andy yet to get off the mark. Myself on one point, Stuart and Matt tied on three points. Our final stop of the week takes us to the Black Country, where West Bromwich Albion took on Middlesbrough. Uh, didn't start very well. Um, Middlesbrough found themselves 1-0 down after about eight minutes. Daryl DK scoring the goal. Um, it didn't get much better after that, uh, as uh, on ten minutes, Daryl DK decided to score a second goal. Um, very, very poor goalkeeping from Zach Stefan, as we said. Um, a low drive sort of hit at him from the outside of the box. He was only able to parry it to the side and DK was the first to it to smash it home. Um, and the game kind of petered out from there. Um, but we had a chance later on in the second half when Isaiah Jones came on as a second half sub. Um, had a chance at the back stick but the keeper pulled off a, uh, a very, very, very good save um, to stop the ball from going in. So the game finished 2-0 to West Brom, sadly, in Ensborough's run of six games unbeaten sad times sad times indeed what that does from a predictions perspective you'll be shocked to hear Mr Cook was the most optimistic here and gone for a 2-0 away win sadly like a little no ray of sunshine <laughs> no oh. point there oh don't you worry gents just wait till you see this week's predictions Black cloud, a black cloud hanging over the top of the podcast. <laughs> I, 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 we we can only presume that he, he's taking umbrage with each of the three teams, and he's and he's taking his uh, his pound of flesh. <laughs> um, no, I reckon he's he's doubling down. He's he's expecting the bounce back win, so he's going to double all is. of the predictions. There we go. Stu got there. You should see the number of goals I've predicted this week. It is oh off the charts. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, because it's about to get paid. So, the rest of us, and all gone for varying degrees of draws in this one. Myself and Stu both come for a 1 1. Thomas Asante and Falls, goal scorers for me. Swift and Archer, goal scorers for Stu. Sadly, zero points. 
Mr. Moore had gone for a Desmond, a 2-2, with Thomas Asante and Wallace to score for West Brom, Akpom and Fors to score for the Borough. That's zero points across the board. So, the week finishes with Andy Sadley on it, with, without a point to his name. Me with just the one from the three games. Stuart and Matt tied three points from the three games. Well done, fellas. A nice tasty draw there for you. So, week 29 is upon us. Same again, just the three games. And it's one of those situations where we're each playing on different days this week. Hull City opened the week on the Friday Night Football live on Sky Television, taking on the sloppiest of seconds in West Bromwich Albion. Obviously, it's Mr. Woodbunty's team. He will go last. I will jump straight in here. I have gone for a 1-2, 2-1 West Bromwich Albion win. It's gone for Tete to score for Hull. DK and Swift to score for West Brom. Go on then, Mr Cook. Let's not keep these people waiting too long. What have you got for this first game of the week? Stu absolutely hit it straight on the head. It's going to be it's going to be a bounce-back week for me. So it's a Hull 2, West Brom 0. Wow. Estepinian and... Like yourself, I've got the Tete's out. He's got his Tete out. Tete's for all the big boys. Mr Moore, what have you got for this one? Uh, so, so apparently me and you are the dark clouds of the podcast. So, Because I've also gone for a 1-2 West Brom win. I mean, I, I haven't got a clue who's going to score for Hull at the moment because it doesn't seem to be kind of anything that anybody wants to do. So I've gone Slater. I just picked a name out of the hat who played last week. Um, and then I've gone DK, which I definitely wouldn't have said it like that before you uh, you uh, kind of gave the pronunciation <laughs> before. Thank you. And uh, Jed Wallace. Just for those who uh, like to keep score at home, DK is spelled D-I-K-E. And as English people don't pronounce that word, DK. Anyway, Hull fan, Mr. Woodbunsey, what have you got for this one? Did, did I hear somebody requesting a dark cloud? Because I've gone for Hull City nil, West Bromwich Albion three. Oh dear. Oh DK. Yep. So, well, you can stick him on the list because he's first up. Yeah, and then as soon as I picked him to go against your lot, and he never did, I've gone for Swift. Yeah, and rounding out the scoring is Dean Garner. Dean Garner, the name. It's what Matt's, Matt's absolutely nailed it because we are struggling to score anything at the moment, and West Brom seem to be hitting their stride just at the right time of the season, uh, which is unfortunate for us. And the fact that I think if you look back over all of the Friday nights that we've ever been on Sky, to go a little bit NFL with statistics is not going to be great reading. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just throwing all the elements together and trying to count back in a heavy defeat, which means that then we might actually win. So that's where we're, where we're at. All I can do is fingers crossed, but 
we generally know how these ones tend to pan out. We move to the Saturday slate mm-hmm. review, and that sees my team Middlesbrough taking on my university town of Reading. Obviously, it's my team, so I will go last. So let's dive in with Matt's pick for this one. I've, I've taken the previous prediction, I've switched it round. So I've got the Borough winning 2 1 against Reading. I like it. Goal scorers, please. Akpom and McGree. Ah, good old Riley. And your uh, Reading goal scorer? I mean, you could probably predict which one I've gone with this one, just, just to wind everybody up. Andy Carroll. Interesting. Wearing number two, because he is one. Well. <laughs> I did notice that at the weekend. <laughs> I was like, Andy Carroll, wearing number two, that's bound to wind up Mr Williams, so I'm going to go with that. It might be a more about Mr Carroll later in the podcast, but for now, uh, Stu, what have you got for this one? Well, I envisioned after last week, Mr Carrick made slightly more angry in training this week and revert to his old favourite scoreline of the last few weeks of 3-1. So I've gone for a Borough 3-1 win. Interesting. Don't um, uh, got a for two. Uh, and just just for shits and giggles, I've gone for force because, you know, that's always funny. And... Then for Reading, I've got Hobbit. You might have to give us that again. All the reason that it's uh, it's so I've got uh, Hoylet. Hoylet. Because it sounds yeah, for like... for no other reason that it sounds like a toilet, exactly. Of course. How, uh, how foolish of us to uh, to think anything otherwise. Mr Cook. See, I'm liking where Shoe's going with this, but we need to get rid of that Reading goal. We don't need that Reading goal. So, uh, 3-0 to the Borough, please. Lovely. It's a lovely year. And uh, all all of my favourites are getting one apiece. So, Fawz, Archer, and Shuba. Of course, the next goal for Mr. Atbom in the league will be his 20th of the season. And as we keep harping on about, no Middlesbrough striker has done that since the 1989-1990 season, I believe. Or possibly in so, On that note, though, how many games does it go before that becomes a thing for him? Well, this is what I said last week. So I didn't pick him to score against West Brom because I thought, well, maybe played in mind a little bit. Could potentially sort of, uh, you know, be a detriment to his game. So I think if he goes if he goes two or three games without scoring, it might be an issue. Fingers crossed it doesn't happen. Let's just hope not. So, as it's my team, this is where I give my prediction. I have gone for the same thing as Matt has. I've gone for a two one Middlesbrough win. I've gone for Fours and Archer to score for the borough. And Carroll to score for Reading. Didn't realise he was playing number two. That is an absolute disgrace for a striker. <sighs> anyway, we finish out the week with Nottingham Forest taking on Everton on Super Sunday. And this one again, very much in the same way that Hull will be, will be on 
the Sky Telebox. I'll just jump in here. I've gone for a 2-0 Forest home win. Goals each for Johnson and Gibbs White. Stu, what have you got for this one? Um, well, I tried to ch- uh, channel my inner you know, Matthew Moore last week by knowing that they'd taken a point off and would probably do all sorts of forest things and lose the West Ham. I tried, I tried my hardest to channel my inner Matthew once again. And I think that a draw is no good to anybody, so therefore it's going to be a draw. So I've got one all. I've got Gibbs White for Forest and Anana for Everton. Yeah, I like this. Brings the hard hitting journalism to the podcast. Mr. Cook, what do you offer this? 2 0 Forest. Yeah. Johnson <clears throat> and Gibbs White. Oh, so we have. Double down duty there. Two of us on exactly the same score. And scorers, no less. Right then, for the final prediction of the year, uh, this week's podcast, oh, Mr Moore, how is this one going to happen? Oh, I forgot, this is Daichi going back to his his, his club, in it. <laughs> All the games he played for Forest. <laughs> I'm not sure whether he even ever played. I don't, I don't think he ever played for Forest. Um, oh, man. I've written the prediction down and then the more I thought about it, I don't think it's right. Um, I've put one all down. Okay. Uh, I've got Gibbs White and McNeil, but it's more likely to be a nil-nil or a nil-one to Everton. I think it's going to be very, very cagey. Would you Would you like me to put down one-one with those? Yeah, we'll stick with, we'll stick, stick with one-one with Gibbs White and McNeil. Gibbs White. Dwight. I wouldn't be paying my Sky subscription to watch this on Sunday. Yeah. It's not not one for the purists, let's put it that way. It's very much much smacks of a Burnley versus Reading selection made when they were in the Premier League and stuff like that. We know what old Shawnee boy is going to do. He's going to come back and sit back and play for hopefully a 1-0 win and Forrest are going to probably do the same hopefully not get drawn into it um, and then we'll go from there but yeah yeah there you go there's your, there's your, uh, your round up the previous week and your predictions for the next week done and dusted um, obviously just uh, to, before we finish um over the course of the weekend, obviously, or the course of last week, sorry, um, uh, John Motson sadly passed away. Obviously, was a a big part of pretty much anyone of our sort of age group, and and more than more than likely the the generation before's footballing life um, was definitely the uh, the commentary to many a an FA Cup final. Uh, a World Cup or European Championships, obviously synonymous with his his uh, sheepskin coat, um, and obviously he'll be uh, sadly missed in the football world. Um, yeah, just uh, 
just a, a one right in the childhood. That one, uh, sadly. Did you see at the, at, at the weekend at the, the Carabao Cup final, they'd left the commentary position empty with sheepskin oh, on really? the back of the seat and a little, uh, you know, I don't know what they call, but one of the microphones they push right to the tash. Um, with Motty on it, with it on a bit of tape, and then I thought that was a, a lovely thing to do, and it was it was only right that a piece of him could be there to see Newcastle lift absolutely nothing. So perfect. Yes, unfortunately, we we, we don't have enough time to uh, to go into the, uh, the sad sad demise that was uh, you know Newcastle not being able to break their their long streak without having a trophy that we're all just devastated about. I mean, I know for one that I, I, I didn't, I didn't sleep a wink that Sunday night, mainly because the party just indicated that I had to keep going throughout the evening. Um, but always such a shame when they when such a massive club can't get over the hump of the, you know winning a trophy and. Uh, yeah, so so it's uh, still uh, still my boys that are the last uh, the last northeast team to win a trophy in the last fifty years, but you know who's keeping count? Um, that guy, that guy right there. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you very much for joining us once again. Tune in next week where we'll, uh, we'll we'll break it all down once again and we'll give you some more predictions. So thank you to these three gentlemen for uh, sticking in with me and uh, giving you the lowdown on uh, Nottingham Forest Hall and the Borough. Join us again next week where we'll do it all over again. Until then, peace out. So there you go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another week of games gone. Another week of games to look forward to. Thank you for listening, thank you for watching, thank you for checking the podcast out. Before you go, if you haven't subscribed and you think you might want to, just click that subscribe button and then you'll find out when we've got new episodes available. You can also share the podcast around, that's a big help, and um, like the podcast. Drop reviews wherever you can drop reviews. If you've got a few minutes, just click the, obviously, five-star review. Um... It's a big help to the podcast. Any of that sort of stuff is a huge help and we really appreciate it. We also have a website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got some social media links and an email button. That way you can drop us a line and uh, get a little, little bit of a conversation going. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.